Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. So today we're doing something a little bit different. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, I've got a guest on the show, and we're going to, talk, we'll be talking about her personal experiences. So we're going to be keeping this show anonymous. Um, today's show, we're going to be covering the topic of codependency. We're going to be discussing what codependency is, and my guest is going to be talking about their personal experiences of how it's impacted on their life, the kind of relationships that this led to, the problems that this caused, and then some things about what she's done in order to be able to turn this around and, and move away from this uh, relationship style that she had. So welcome to the show. Um, Hi. Hi, John. Lovely for you to be a guest today. Thank you for agreeing to talk about something so personal. That's fine. Thanks for having me. So could you just give, give the listeners uh, an idea of what codependency is and what codependency was for you in your life? Yeah, I think when we first discussed it, I, I said to you, oh, I wonder if people actually know what that word is and what it means, because, you know, perhaps it has got different implications, you know, as a word than what it actually is. So I suppose I think of codependency as um, the root of it being a loss of the self. So mm. I kind of that's how I I feel about it. Like um, so for me. Uh, talking about codependency I'd be hoping that maybe some of your listeners would would relate to the fact that they have been in relationships in the past hopefully I hope they're not in them now but if they are then I hope this sort of wakes them up to what um, codependency might be um, how it might be impacting them Um, so for me it's it's a a, you know a loss of self so not, not so much a loss of independence although that's part of it um, I sort of like think the three key words you hear are codependence, independence, and then interdependence. So they're the three sort of words to look up, I'd say, if, if this interests people. Sure, I'm sure it will. If the, the, the title of the show is codependency, so uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully yeah. it's got some, some interest in it. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that loss of self that you, you mentioned. Right? There's that kind of personal definition for you. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's a, it, it, my experience has been that having sort of, when I was young, being quite an independently spirited person, um, I grew up um, in what, you know, it's a loving family, <clears throat> excuse me, with <clears throat> two, two brothers, one either side of me. Um, so I was different from day one because I was a girl, not not obviously like the boys mm-hmm. in my family. Um, and so I, I think I learned to be independent because the things that chimed with me as, as a female were different to what chimed with them. So they'd be playing football um, and that kind of thing. And, and mm. um, girls in those days weren't allowed to play football. So I was kind of excluded from some of their activities. I'm a very creative person. So I'd spend a lot of time making music, um, writing poetry and things like that. And I, I was very independent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they had each other. I didn't have a sister. So yeah. I kind of 
yeah, but I think I, I think I was very independent. And then if I think now, 50, I'm 50, so it's 50 years later, um, and I became in that time somebody that was not a separate being, but somebody that was very enmeshed with my um, ex-husband. I was very sort of, I wasn't, I wasn't separate from mm -hmm. him. Um, okay. and, and, yeah, I think my learns have been that um, I'm coming back, I suppose, now, having, having sort of ended that relationship, I'm coming back to that, uh, that sort of, uh, you know, person that I was when I was a lot younger. And I think this is quite kind of common. Uh, funnily enough, actually, before we even started today, I was having coffee with somebody that I wasn't telling her that I was doing this today. Mm. Um, and the same thing had happened to her. And she was in that process of rediscovering um, who she is because that loss of self has happened. Okay, so it's really interesting, isn't it, that as, as a child you made a decision did you make a decision that it was okay to be separate, to be independent, or did you miss, did you want to be more part of it? Because it's the fact that you then ended up in codependent relationships. It's an interesting shift from being okay in your own space as a kid and then not being okay in your own space as an adult. Well, I think even as a kid, you, you know, it's the it's the, what's around you that makes you feel safe, isn't it? So mm. the family structure you know, the home, you know, all the components um, of, uh, you know, was it, is it Maslow's hierarchy yeah. of needs or something? You know, all yeah. those things that are around you that allow you to be who you mm -hmm. are um, and be yourself, I suppose. Um, and I guess, yeah, I suppose it was, yeah, not being, I think because I met somebody so, so young, um, I was I was 17 when I met my ex-husband. So I suppose you're 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 emerging into adulthood. Mm. Um, and I think those the needs, those human needs, we kind of we kind of made made a life together mm. and got those needs met right. as a as a as a relationship. Um so it's hard to separate, isn't it? Who's the you know, this the original sort of independent spirited person and who's mm. the person that has to be in the world and 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 make and make your way in the world yeah and um, so I think it's two sort of feels like two different things you know your original sort of self as who you are and then this the identity I suppose that you develop and I think for many women probably of my age the identity part if you looked at your mother or your aunties or you know and you know I grew up on a council state where women didn't work and they didn't have they weren't independent of their husbands financially or otherwise yeah so I think I I probably um you know became a you know wife you associate your um development and progress in life as being in an attachment mm -hmm. with a man right. okay. so that that happened to me like early on even though I grew up with the um cosmopolitan and uh you know I was born in 1971 it's the era of feminism <laughs> 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 I'm like what the <laughs> you know but I think the the journey of me the, the soul the human mm -hmm. or whatever, and the journey of me as as a as a woman in this world yeah and in the western world and you know where I ended up to be plonked I think um I wonder if they're a little bit um, connected, but 
Right. You know, you, you fulfill your your sort of um, I don't know, I became I became a wife, I became a mother, I became, mm-hmm. you know, yet I think originally, because I was the first in my family to go to university. So I actually think originally I wasn't intending to do any of that. If no. anything, I think I was looking at my mother and my aunts who didn't have an education. And I was fortuitous enough to be of that generation where um, degree education actually was was free to a degree mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I, I took advantage of that to me education was was like the passport out of a council estate so I took it okay so even then at that point you still had this idea that you didn't want to be the same even though you think you may have developed this idea this kind of uh, conditioned space of being a woman in the world at that time but you'd still taken that independent thought that you had as a kid where you kind of did your own thing and looked after yourself and you put that into the um the thought of going to university and getting yourself out of the routine and and the space that maybe your other family members were in yeah I was very aware of my difference um I think and yeah, I was I was very very aware of of my difference. I think because maybe you know maybe it was was I think it was a very gendered experience. You know, so I'm looking at the the role models around me. You know, um, none of like I say, none of whom worked, and all their um, all their beings seemed to be attached to to a man who had the the control and the power. You know. Um, I didn't see many independent, I didn't have any independent sort of role models. I didn't have any women that were single or, or um, you know, they were all like pretty much um, in enmeshed codependent situations where if, they, if they'd wanted to, they couldn't break free from any of that, you know. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think that that did shape me because I wonder now why I do what I do for a living and I'm around female empowerment um, and female leadership. And, right. I, yeah, I just think, you know, I think maybe I looked at the women and thought they, they, they were making the decisions, but they were doing it, um, co- you know, they were, they were making the decisions, but they had to manipulate they had to manipulate. And I think I modelled that behaviour in, in my relationship as well. Get you your know. needs met as you moved into relationships. You felt like you needed to manipulate someone to get your needs met and for them to be on. To get yeah, because there was no independent, like <clears throat> you weren't, you weren't, and you weren't two individuals. And then what I mentioned earlier on was an interdependent relationship mm. where each person's there because they want to be there they're there because you know it's a it's a you come together there was this poem when I was a kid that I remember reading and I think it I want to say it was Simone de Beauvoir I think it was and it was about two trees and it's sort of two trees standing tall within the circle of each other's growth Mm -hmm. yet neither takes the rain that drops to feed you know and it was sort of but some leaves will touch Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but actually, what I was witnessing was that it was roots that were combined. Do you see what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. what I think of when I think of that's the analogy that I sort of use when I think about independence and codependency. Is as if you somehow believe that you're rooted with each other and there's no separation of that. You can't separate those roots. Whereas actually, idealistically, I'd like to think relationships where the leaves touch. 
you know yeah so you can you kind of come together when but it's not a dependent state You're yeah together and it's mutually kind of doesn't interfere with you as a as a tree or as a person it doesn't it sort of doesn't take, yeah. any, take anything from you and you're not taking too yeah much from somebody else and I wonder if perhaps you know just the way we grew up in the era we grew up in everything that, that it was all about kind of you know we were all the Disney era you know all that stuff that romance and all that kind of thing has got a little bit you know skewed with a belief system that implies that you're somehow meant to meet the you know and root with someone okay. and and that, I mean, it's, you know, in my lifetime, it's changed, hasn't it? Mm. I mean, divorce back when I was a kid growing up was a rarity. You didn't see many, you know, much divorce. Mm. I think as I got older, there was more of it. But yeah. when I was a child growing up, I don't think I ever knew anybody that had got divorced. Right, okay. Because marriage was, you know, the survival mechanism still for women, wasn't it? I think. I know, yeah, I think there was, uh, there was an inability, wasn't there, to to get out because, you you know, you didn't know where you stood. You didn't have that financial. You maybe relied on somebody to support you. Mm. Um, and again, like you said, that kind of Disney idea that the, the man was the hero. And I think that's what you said, you know, look at a lot of kind of stories and stuff that have come out in, in the last sort of 10 years or so. They've been aimed at sort of female heroes, haven't they? So to show that women can be just as strong um, yeah, although some of them are quite funny, actually. You know, if you look at something like Mulan or something, you know, she's she's trying to, um, what is it, a, a, a Avenger Fathers or, or something? I don't know. It's all connected still to a man somehow. Yeah. So no, I'm not a big, big yeah. I think that was a pride thing, wasn't it? Honest. It was to make her father proud of her yeah. in some way, wasn't it, with the Mulan yeah. story? But yeah, something like in that. The, in, the, in the most recent one, I think they've actually updated it to make a a little bit more independent a little bit more about you know whereas i think the store the kind of the original cartoon and stuff was uh very much based in the uh in, in the kind of the more masculine space and still beholden to some kind of male energy or something but yeah. yes it's all very interesting and i'm interested as well to kind of think about how your roots then did cross with your partners because you kind of in a codependent relationship do you understand what you were feeding off and what he was feeding off from you to make a codependent space yeah I think uh I think we but we both met at school and we met and we were both ambitious and um we wanted to go out in the world and Mm. and and fulfill who we were as people and I think being to do that it was it was safer to do that as a couple I think okay um yeah I feel you know and I don't regret any of that I think that was I think that's great like that we met when we met and um, that we were able to to fulfill sort of our dreams I think we we massively both did fulfill our dreams in that relationship but the the fundamental sort of um aspect of it being a codependent relationship uh, you know was its undoing I think and what, and what was that like? I mean, how did that kind of manifest itself? So you were saying that you needed to kind of manipulate him to get your needs met. Yeah. What, what, do you know what needs he had that that he needed that what he got met from you? Yeah, I I, I think he I think he found um, being in the world quite quite difficult. He's much more introverted. I'm an extrovert, and he's an introvert. Right. Um, and I think that I was able to uh, be the you know the um sort of uh present I kind of presented for us you know as a couple so we actually ended up being 
quite a successful business couple. Um, I, I, you know, I often joke that, you know, I was marketing and he was sales. Right. So I would invite it in and mm. then he would close it, right. you know. Yeah. So we, as a, you know, it was very much a, a, the end, you know, what we both brought to it. We, you mm. know, we, you know, we both grew up with nothing. We, we, you mm. know, we, we ended up being very successful as a couple. Yeah. Um, you know, we worked to, together. We we worked together. Yeah, and I guess that yes. would have been uh, quite a healthy relationship. It hadn't if it hadn't stepped over into that codependent space. If you didn't go yeah. into a place where you couldn't be without each other, or you couldn't sort of function without each other, or you needed the other one to be able to function, I guess that would have been a quite a healthy space where you could have played different roles in a successful relationship and a successful business. But it doesn't feel like it feels like it bled over and and things got confused and the needs were became difficult yeah yeah they did yeah yeah I yeah I think I think for a period of time it's like any long relationship you know it's an over 20 year relationship mm. and I think any long relationship goes through stages where you have to kind of reinvent you know what that relationship is and I think um, for us I think almost like the success mm-hmm. that we had overshot the you know the connection so what happened in my relationship is there was a disconnect, but mm-hmm. then in the disconnect in the, the relationship is where I felt myself coming back, you know, in that, yeah. in that, you know, you go through, we had kids and stuff, you know, and you mm-hmm. go through that kind of other things are more important than each other. The external things are more important than that, that connection that you have with each other yeah. and they take over. And then the, yeah. So the, yeah, the, the the bond changes and you can either choose to reinvent that bond or you can, you know, and I think that's the bit where the for me in the stage of the relationship, in the cycle of the relationship that I was in, I, I kind of realised that I was incredibly enmeshed mm. with another human being in this mm. lifetime. And I, I understand that that was, it had its good aspects because we were so sort of successful externally anyway in the world. But unless that connection is meaningful and unless you are being energized by that connection and you're being, and you're, and you're fulfilling all the aspects of yourself that there are, then it's not, um, it's, it's literally like um, you've got scaffolding and no house (laughs) because you've built. Yeah. Bad analogy. You've got the structure, but mm. you haven't got the con- you haven't got the content. So you mm-hmm. so like in our relationships, as we, you know, we go out in the world and we we build. It's builders, isn't it? We're like builders, you know. Mm. You know, I don't know. I'm a bit of a planter. I kind of plant <laughs> seeds everywhere as much as I build. But you know, you can build your own prison, can't you? You can literally build your own your own prison. So I'm grateful. I'm not in it anymore because I think as that as that kind of realization that I'd kind of created or co-created even Mm. yeah I looked at it and thought it was like it's almost like and I looked at the person to be honest that I was with and felt like I had you know when I say I'd I'd, you know the part I'd played was like I'd created a sort of a type of Frankenstein you know really I did feel that because I was looking at the person and going who are you who have you become you are you're not somebody that I can connect with you know I I, I wouldn't choose to be with that person now Mm. that became out of that 
So, you know, I don't know. There's a question, isn't there, of how long is it good for before it, and how many, how many relate, you know, in going back to what I was saying about 1971 kind of thing, people yeah. were married and they were married for life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking at my experience now, I'm like, is that, you know, and I felt I was in, I still to this day, I said to you, I feel like that was a soulmate connection. I still feel like that person was the person I was going to do all those things with, but just maybe not forever. Okay. So there's it, other parts of like now what we're supposed to blend, obviously in the world we're living in now, Christ, I mean, you know, what's going on at the moment. So you, you feel like at the, at the start of the relationship that the, the way that you were with each other was very was healthy it was it was you know you did your things together or do you think even at the start there I think we were surviving I think like anyone that's come up you know been (laughs) you know grown up we were just surviving and we we bonded together and then survived together it's just survival isn't it really you just survive and you play to your strengths don't you you know like I said I was marketing he was sales you know we just played to our to our individual sort of strengths and 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 did 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 well sort of externally in the world mm. and and grew grew as people but I've grown a lot more since I came out of that um mm. came out of that relationship I've grown like exponentially like now well like in, a, in a codependency you can't really grow can you because you're too dependent <laughs> on the other person for your safety and your stability you're self-limiting all the time and you're not I mean I think they call it self-actualizing that's what's happened to me I've self-actualized yeah I've 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 and I've become so self-aware and I've, I've learned so much like I've re- so the loss of self stuff is like now it's a rediscovery because mm. and it starts I think when you've it's like you, you find yourself at the bottom of a of a like you wake up and you're you look up and you realize you're at the bottom of a ramp that you've slid down over a long relationship um and and you wake up and think how did I get here and you just didn't realize that you were going down that that gradient because it was Mm. a gentle gradient over a long period of time um and then you've got you've got to get back up again and see who you are like and and then um yeah and be in the world in a different way because you're no longer in that codependent um, relationship marriage whatever um you understand uh, what brought that to your kind of awareness the fact that you'd fallen into that like you said enmeshed yourself yeah. into that relationship so much and then you said you had that kind of realization that this wasn't very healthy for you anymore and you felt that kind of independent spirit returning yeah I, I'd say to anybody like if you find yourself like we were in marriage guidance counseling and I I think if you find <laughs> yourself in a um you know, in a in a dark place, you know, reach out for whether it's counselling, coaching, whatever. You know, I I've I'd reached out for the for the external support, like for that, for that, um, for me and that relationship that I was in. And it was through that one time at uh, marriage guidance counseling when I found myself saying to the counsellor, um, I think like I'm a bit of a martyr, and the word was martyr. Right it was Marta that led me to understand and me that's why I'm sort of like conscious that the word codependency isn't something that everybody is aware of for me I felt like I was being I was living like as a there was none of me getting fulfilled I was just giving it all away I was a terrible people pleaser I was all my energy and all my passion and all my you know who I am I was just it literally giving it all away um 
giving it to the relate. I'd give it to the neighbour. I was just giving it all away because it was. I'm a, I'm a very energetic person. Yeah. I've got a lot to give, you know. And I and I was. It was like yeah, there's another analogy that's used of a cup, and you you're giving that from that cup, and mm. then but you're supposed to give from the saucer, right? You know, you're supposed to give from the overflow. So the journey was the word martyr, waking up to that going, I'm actually just being here for everybody but me. Then going on that thing of where you you realise that you have to be self, you have to get self-care because how are you to function unless you're sleeping, eating, you know, um, taking care of yourself. So I went from that awareness of, oh, I've been a bit of a martyr, I'm being a bit of a, you know, overgiving, to realising that I needed to start replenishing myself a bit and filling my cup back up again, to then um, sort of going from sort of martyrdom, self-care, then sort of self-awareness. Oh, there is a self. There is a me that needs, that has needs. Yeah. Um, because if you'd have asked me at that point in my life, what do you want? I could not have answered it. Yeah. I would have said to you, I would have said to you, I want this for my husband or I want that for my kids or I want this for all mm-hmm. these, but not, or I want world peace, but I, what do I want? Right. And it wasn't, it was like if, if somebody had asked me that, I would have been embarrassed to not be able to answer it because I so, I wasn't in the equation everybody else mattered more than me and who I was and, and what energy I had to give. I was just like hemorrhaging it out of me. Um, I guess there was no one else there then to help you to fill your cup either. Well, I think that I, I think where it went a little bit wrong for me was all my life. I'd had a really good relationship with my mum. So mm. she was always my go-to for emotional support. Right. And where I went and lived abroad and she was no longer, it was, you know, it's juddery because you're right. doing Zooms, but it's not the same sort right. of um, emotional support as I was used to. I think that was when I started to sort of, yeah, wake up a little bit. Right. Okay. So you It's got... like a waking up. It's like, that's how yeah. it feels like a, a awakening um, for me. I don't think it's like that. Apparently it's not like that for everybody when they kind of realise that they're, they're no. not living um, and being true to themselves. No. Um, apparently, it's not not always like that for people. But for me, it was an, like an awakening. It was a shock. Mm. I had a shock. Okay. Yeah, I was shocked into. I was shocked into recognizing that I was um, not not taking care of myself. Yeah. And you'd reached not- a fairly fairly difficult or low point within yourself oh god yeah yeah but then I, you know it's all relative isn't it do you know what I mean I'm sure there's a lot you know I think everybody's pain and suffering and what they've experienced is relative enough I think you know sometimes I, I don't like belly aching about my my moment on the bathroom floor because you know people have had a lot worse than and there a bit of a martyr statement there though yeah do you get that do you get that the martyr yeah, i think you need to i think you need to bellyache a little bit to be honest again i think it's important that you yeah you I guess, are yeah. able to share perhaps that space where your realization came because again i understand what you're saying there there are a lot of people that have like varying degrees of difficulty within their lives um but yeah i mean it's important that we recognize what our limits are and what we come to and i think it's important maybe actually on this on this podcast that we share that it's okay to be a little bit of uh to kind of share what your point where your point was and I think that that pain point that you got to 
because mm. you know that realization that you couldn't do this anymore weren't going to do this anymore something drastically needed to change um, and yeah. like you said everybody will have different levels of where that point is reached and they'll have a different experience of realization do you think uh, everybody has that has that or do you think some people are more gentle about their kind of realizations i think there are some people going wrong. Have, like i mean i had a, like an aha moment really Mm. And I just thought, oh, it was more like an oh moment for me. Oh, massive epiphanies. I call them epiphanies. Yeah. They're like little yeah. light bulbs. There's loads of them. I didn't have one yeah. big one. But no. I think that one, that one with the martyr comment, in yeah. a, you know, was was that was one of those light bulb moments, one of those epif- aha moments or epiphanies. Yeah. That sort of like, yeah, just just sort of, yeah, there's been like loads of them. <laughs> loads of I still have them all the time they're just all going yeah yeah Yeah. like these realizations that oh that's and that's interesting as well isn't it I think the point and this is not a a one moment change your life type scenario is it yeah no you know very I mean if it is it's probably very 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 rare but this is like a journey of change yeah, everyone's got a story, haven't they? Mm. You know, like I said, oh, it's so important now about storytelling and you keep hearing about, you know, people telling stories. And I think, you know, I'm a bit conscious that, you know, it's always like through telling your story, you can actually have those some of those epiphanies, can't you, in telling mm. it. So, you know, I work with women. So, you know, I, I, if I get a woman, if I, and I can see where she's in on her kind of journey mm. to to if she's a codependent she's been codependent or she's I like I kind of like you think well that's common experience isn't yeah. it that you yeah. that you feel you need to yeah that you can be a part of I do believe that you can have the right conversations at the right time that awaken you to mm. um to what you need to learn yeah. in order to elevate and become a better person mm-hmm. and I think that's really um lovely when it happens um, but you, you know, you have to become a seeker for that kind of that kind of thing. Because I, I, you know, I can't have boring conversations. I, I've, <laughs> I've got, I'm the chattiest person. I think you should probably shut up on this podcast because I chat and chat and chat. But I, but the, you know, it's those it's those aha moments or those or when you see a light. I mean, you're a coach, so you get that all the time. When you see that light switch on in someone, and they realise and they unlock something or unblock something yeah. that. They that in order to 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 grow grow they needed to unlock it or just yeah. get it a little like realize what it is yeah. and and then maybe make some choices do things differently which is I think what you do or what mm. I understand you do yeah I mean I, I, there's not many things that give me goosebumps in in life but when mm. people have those moments and they put that stuff together and they go and I, you can kind of see that they get it and they're in that space where they're going right now I get this I can do something with it that's the moments that kind of give me the goosebumps and my hair stand on end and you know that's the the, the good glory yeah that's amazing that you can you can do that for somebody you know that you you're you're able to 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 provide that for somebody mm. I, I find it really difficult to refrain from telling them what to do <laughs> <laughs> And I think maybe that's the point, isn't it? Maybe the way that you tell mm. them well, maybe it is to share your story, which I see you doing as well. You'll, you'll share your story mm. because somebody will align uh, and try that will chime with somebody. Yeah. And I think like that's probably what I'm, probably is my, my go-to really. But I think you have to be aware that when you're telling your story, 
you're telling it different every time because you're telling it from a different perspective and a different um you've had a few more different like ahas in that time most, that you told it last yeah. time yeah, Do I mean, you know like, I mean? this is a journey i mean I, I i've been in therapy i've been in coaching mm. i spent six months self-analyzing when i wrote my book um which i think was probably if i hadn't had the therapy and the coaching it wouldn't have been so enlightening but mm. that was the most enlightening experience i think of my life is because i actually spent six months on more or less a daily basis thinking about my life and my choices um and that was kind of the the biggest change for me as i moved forward but you know that was th nearly three years ago that i was actually three years ago i was writing the book so and i'm still having moments now because i'm constantly on this as i said it's a it's a journey of change and there are things that will happen and uh things i'll think about even now and i go oh yeah no that makes more sense now makes more sense yeah yeah and yeah. i can then act out on it but yeah i think with the coaching it's about helping people to understand their story and then know that they've got choices about what story they now write for themselves moving forward mm. whereas i guess like in a codependent relationship there is no choice you are so focused on your dependency with that other person they're so focused on their dependency with you that that's your cycle you're just playing out in that space all the time aren't you yeah yeah you're not you're not you're not in enough set you're not in enough self-awareness or separateness to 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 know what you're gonna do next and in fact i think there's a disconnect talking about disconnections and stuff you disconnect from your gut you disconnect from your intuition mm. you know and it's funny how some people that get into codependent relationships are actually some of the most, em em like most they're empaths, they're intuitive, mm. you know, they seem so wise. And you think, God, like you were, and they've been coerced. Yeah. I mean, now we've got coercive control, right? In the last six years, more, more understanding of what that is. Yeah. Um, you know, that's coming to the legal language now um, around relationships. Um, if I hear the word narcissist one more time, you know, <laughs> oh, Jesus, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, isn't it? Without, yeah. Without really a full understanding. Yeah, and I just always think if you find yourself, if you've experienced um, narcissistic abuse or you've, you've, you know, or you've been coerced or controlled or, um, you know, it's really important to at some bloody point take a, good hard look at yourself and work out why it was oh, that's my dog's um what like take if you've been in those sort of um abuse uh, in an abusive situation well it's difficult isn't it we have to be careful where to because some people are in such a um a fog that it doesn't mm. chime but if you've uncovered that you were allowing manipulation to be manip yourself to be manipulated you have to ask who that self was that that enabled you know that set it up like that so but that yes yeah, understanding what need that met i think isn't it because again, otherwise you get into the blame and the victims and yeah. you know it's coming out of that victim mentality only i think when you're out of the victim mentality and you stop blaming the external mm which is part of that codependent journey is that you can then look at the, you know, the, the self, uh, uh, you know, yeah, definitely for all it's like, you yeah. know, all of it. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been in abusive relationships and I understand that I was choosing to be in those abusive relationships because it met a certain need for yeah, me. Certainly, certain need. 
Um, yeah, so I was an enabler. I was like, well, I call myself the second chef. I was like behind a man, you know, right. I was behind a man, you know, elevate, you know, building him, you yeah. know, healing him, you know, yeah. doing all of pouring it all in. Mm. Um, but it was fulfilling, you know, it, my needs were being met by, um, by that. Yeah. My needs at the time were being met by that. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I was probably a bit of maybe, maybe the, it was, it was almost like, I remember being a kid on my bike, you know, around the camp, you know, I lived on the council estate, mm-hmm. and you, you know, and you were allowed to go to the, you know, the park or the, the edge. There was, your mum would say, you can go that far, you know, yeah. and I would want to go further all the time. But mm-hmm. the fear hit me at that point of, oh, do I go across? Can I, you know, I want to go further. And so for me, when I met my husband, I felt like I felt safe to go further. So I almost, yeah, I got behind him mm-hmm. because I wanted to, I wanted to explore. I was, yeah. I did, you know, a personality that was was looking to explore. Yeah. But I wanted to feel safe whilst yeah. exploring. But and so I got into that feel. marriage because that was a safe space <laughs> from which to live. And explore life Mm. but it was but in order to to get my needs i had to then do some like sort of enabling and you know and then you get a bit it all gets a bit well i guess what you said right at the beginning about manipulating him i guess you needed to do it in a certain way that you could explore and get your needs met but you needed him on the journey with you because he was like you said that safety um and security that you needed in order to kind of take those steps forward that you needed to take yeah, I don't know. I, was mod- I think you model. Like, like sometimes you can have a whole conversation with somebody that's not real. Like it's mm. not a real conversation. It's more like, in, like I found in marriage, it was like giving each other instructions. <laughs> it's like It was like a business meeting. Mm-hmm. This is what's got to happen next and that's got to go before that and then that's got in order for, to get to where you need to go. You know, so you need to do that and I need to do this mm. in order to, yeah, it's like it becomes like sort of in uh, in, in my relationship, I felt like it was like, um, it was like having a series of sort of business meetings as opposed to having a relationship with somebody, you know. Yeah. Like you're instructing like and, and ordering, <laughs> ordering each other about, you know, um, um, I need this from you. You know, and then sometimes it's not it's not verbal. It's mm. it's 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 the it's the inverbal, isn't it? That I think maybe creates the the patterns of. I think it's a lot of it's the subconscious, isn't it? We make these subconscious choices. They fulfil the needs that we've discussed, and and you know we're just doing this yeah. on autopilot because this is what we think we we need to do in order to to feel okay. But actually, we need to check in to see whether those needs are healthy or maladaptive and. And, and decide if they're if we can make other choices and healthier choices. I think so many people are trying to put their their past behind them. There's a danger of sort of like just burying it. So if there are, yeah. you know, so you you you're you're not like I found in my relationship that when we had children, then it brought up our childhoods because you're then making decisions as parents on how you want to bring your children up. Mm-hmm. So you'll start to talk about your childhoods. Mm-hmm. 
but really you should always be talking about your childhood yeah. like you know and yeah. whereas then it's like well that happened but like we'll just put that back and never explore it and just yeah. be be forward keep moving forward all the time mm. you know but without actually adjusting the the path you're on a call in accordance with why you're there because of where you came from you know and and i think you know you don't want to be married to your to your counselor do you or your you know do you know what i mean but but where's the space i mean literally after i remember i remember like crawling into marriage guidance counseling and i think surely it would be healthier for people to go and get some sort of you know a space some sort of space where they can talk about you know talk 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 you know, yeah, I, I think if, if, lies, if, like. I had, if I had my way, everybody would have at least one go at having some kind of talking therapy, coaching, counselling, whatever it is, just to kind of look at themselves and see if there's anything that just needs that does need to be looked at. But I completely understand also with a lot of spaces, that's far too uncomfortable for people to do. Well, so they go to their friends or they go to yeah. their, they go, yeah. they're going to, they go to, not, who are not equipped. Yeah, exactly. To, exactly yeah so i i as an empath have found so many people that will come and tell me things i never told anybody else Mm -hmm. it's happened to me all my life yeah people will tell me things yeah because they sense that i think because i'm a bit kind of a bit you know on my sleeve that i'm vulnerable so then they go oh like she's so obviously that's been your space doesn't it like you said you've been the one that's been the martyr you've been the one that's been there for everybody else you put a lot of energy into everybody else so so there may be there's still something about that that goes on for you where you're still giving off the energy that people can come to you and give you their things yeah and you won't turn them away and I think there's an openness in that but there's also like a fragility and a danger in that that you you get like if you don't keep your cup filled and you don't have other people in your life that are going to help you to fill your cup as well, then you're just going to run out of energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the things with codependency is boundaries, like learning oh, yes. how, to, how to sort of, and what they you are. know, shut <laughs> it down, you know, because, I, you know, I'd literally be out in the world and like, I mean, I know other people that are prone to codependency and they'll be out in the world and they'll be look, literally looking for the little old lady to help you know they will be the one that sees that little old lady struggling you know what i mean whereas mm. you you need to learn to go out into the world you know a, a, you know a, in an inward way instead of in an outward way so you know you it's, it's like a, it's okay a, to help people as long as it serves a healthy purpose for you and if it's you have to have, I think it's about impact. So that what I've got to give, I have to think what's the most impactful way to give it. Mm. Giving it away, you know, on you know, constantly just hemorrhaging it mm. is is not not going to be impact as impactful no. as if I, you know, that that's what I've learned. So on, on that note, because we're going to be running out, yeah, of right time. Um, what is kind of you know you've you've come up with a few resources for people which we'll add to the show notes um but is if there's anything kind of one word or a couple of things of advice or uh pointers that you would just say that someone could take away today that would be kind of maybe the most important couple of things for them to think about if they think or feel that they might be in a codependent relationship or if they maybe know somebody that's in that space um i think one of the first resources I found was on the CODA, that's Codependency Anonymous website, um, was the codependency test. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Lisa A. Romano, 
who does a lot of narcissist stuff and she has a test as well on her website and I think just doing that tick box where do you do this do you do that and you think oh my god that's me I do that Mm. you know it's like one of those things you get in a magazine and you can kind of whimsically do it and then it can kind of wake you up and make you realize that if you've got a massive score at the end of it then you know you're probably codependent so that's there's the coder and Lisa Ray Romano tests for codependency um then um I I think probably the best resource I found was an audio book um it's called Codependency No More by Melody Beattie mm-hmm. but you don't I, I mean a lot of people don't like reading books and, and you know and can't read books and haven't got time to read books and this was a free um, resource on YouTube this book this from years ago and it's actually based on alcoholics and on um codependence relationships with alcoholics mm-hmm. but you you kind of realize that there's a lot of addictive behaviors that codependent so codependents tend to you know can attract people with addictive personality disorder so it doesn't have to be drink it can be yeah. other things and that's what coda codependence anonymous was founded out of mm-hmm. it was founded out of a, i think first you've got the the alcoholics anonymous which was kind of the 60s 70s yeah. then there was al-anon which was the um families of and their realization that actually they were enabling alcoholics a lot of the time. Yeah. And then it moved into codependency anonymous, codependence anonymous. Awesome. Um, so, you know, yeah, I did. I went to CODA and I sat in the circle. Like I was, it was that bad, the, the realization. So, but Melody Beatty's book, Codependent No More, was was really, really good. Really, really helpful. I recommend I've had a read of that myself. So I'm not a great yeah. reader, but that is one of the ones I have actually read in the past so um that's me that's what i'm doing i'm 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 living like that i'm behaving like that i'm you know and that that was so the test and i think the account the very personal account of melody Beatty's life Mm -hmm. um and like that discovery um yeah awesome thank you very much for that we'll put all like i said we'll put all those details in the show notes um if you want to know a bit more about maslow's hierarchy of needs and um which we mentioned earlier on please do go to my website where i've got a blog all about uh, how to uh, achieve self actualization <laughs> and you can have a look at maslow's hierarchy of needs on there um i also have my own test about testing for toxic relationships so if you feel you might be in an unhealthy relationship space i'll also put the link in the show notes and you can go and take the test there just to find out if you may be in or have experienced a toxic relationship in the past um thank you very much for your time today it's been an amazing conversation um please also do go back and listen to the codependency episode uh, on the relationship guy podcast um which should precede this one uh episode just before so if you're listening today please go back to last week's episode and listen to the codependency episode Uh, thank you very very much again it's been a pleasure having you you're welcome it's great talking to you and i hope it helps someone i'm sure it will there's plenty of stuff for people to kind of kind of uh connect to and hopefully action from listening to you today so thanks again yeah thank you thank you for listening Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. 
I will leave you with this quote from Karl Barth. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.